deep calls to deep, and there are no words, only the sound of a rushing river of tears carrying in it the waters of the cries of the heart until the earth echoes what the heavens have always known. This is the Ash and Ivy Show. My name is Riley, and I am so really very excited you are here. I'm excited because this is a safe space for all kinds of humans to share their journeys, and I believe we should. We should share our journeys, our stories. They deserve to be heard, and we need to embrace them by listening and growing in compassion. I'm also over the top that you're here because I don't want you to miss a second of this friendship offered in the community. You're invited, you're needed, there's space for you here. So go on in over to Facebook groups and jump into the Ash and Ivy Friends group. Listen, life is meant to be lived in such a big way. It's meant to be celebrated. And sometimes that means digging into our ash and finding the ivy of our story. It's all so hard and beautiful and messy, but we're going to do it together. Wow. I love that poem. That is my favorite that you've written. So hi. Hello. Teresa, welcome to the Ash and Ivy show. Um, Super excited to have you here. I heard you speak and share this message um, at church a few weeks ago and just immediately knew that I wanted every single person to hear it. Everyone. I just thought this is so life-giving and it was so clear and doable. I felt like it just kind of set everything into a, like a tangible easy to understand except so beautiful and big and out of this world like it just brought it to a place where I was like oh I can just walk in that and that's for me it felt like it was for me and so I'm super excited um so Teresa is Enneagram 4 right Mm -hmm. the creative and the trailblazer and it's just been fun to watch you in your life um you've used the word kind of unravel but it's I mean, there's so much beauty in your unravel. So I know for you, it feels like a lot, but for us watching, it's just been becoming more and more beautiful. Like it's, you can really see you step into who you are and, um, and become that trailblazer that a four is known to be. Would you agree? Do you see that in yourself? Yes. Although the unraveling did not feel very beautiful (laughs) on the inside. Sure. Um, but the the construction that's being done now is uh, is very lovely. <laughs> um, and I appreciate everything you just said. That's very very nice to hear. <laughs> well, how did you start? So take us back and tell how you started this journey and how you got to where you're wanting to share this with everyone else. Um, okay. So in my unraveling, I had to. Um, just be very honest with myself and with God and um, through it I learned um, just a different kind of love that really is unconditional and I was safe in I had to know that before I let myself um, fall apart (laughs) Um, and and I began to ask God questions um, a lot of questions and I had to eventually let go of the answers or needing to know the answers. Um, 
And that created a freedom in me to just explore God. Um, and I keep notebooks of various types and I've, um, I started writing my questions, anything I wanted to know or explore with God, I would write in my notebook. It can be the craziest, it can be the craziest question that I would probably, I'll probably never have answer to, or it could be a very simple, you know, why am I like who I am? You know, why am I who I am? And those kind of things. And God is so good and so faithful that if, when I would write questions down, it would send me on a path of discovery. And I can look back through several years of notebooks and see connections all through the, the work, um, which will hopefully get connected and published later on down the road. But, and so I've learned to see patterns in my life and very symbolic things in my life that, um, so I chase after things that repeat themselves in my life. Um, certain words or phrases that I hear over and over or shapes or colors, when those become a pattern in my life, I think, oh, maybe this is a trail to follow. And, and I usually find something about God and myself down that path. So, and here we are. And if, as you started that though, did you face a little bit of fear in the journey? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> So much. Um, I've always been afraid to be wrong, of course, who likes to be wrong, but I was afraid that my thoughts were wrong, my expressions were wrong, and it just totally displeased God, you know, so I would never let myself that freedom. And when I discovered that I, I, I have all the permission in the world to think and to feel and to be um, everything that comes up instinctively and that's okay in front of God. He's not scared of anything. He's, you know, he takes me as I am. And when, when you can settle into that idea that, that all of you is welcome in the presence of God, it, it, it disarms so much, uh, it just takes down walls and it disarms fear and it just, yeah. Like, and even beyond that, that he made you that way. Yeah. That is a reflection of him. Yeah. And you can quit conforming to what you think he's supposed to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I lived in various, a very structured room in my mind. The walls were pretty thick. The ceiling was very low and the floor was hard, you know, and, and, and I brought God in with me. And so we were cramped up in this little space in my heart. And um, he began chipping away at pieces of my structure. And before I knew it, there were no more barriers, no more boundaries, you know. Wow. So yeah. well, tell us kind of this big revelation that you had. <laughs> okay. Um, now, it's this is an invitation to, because... I am, I think creatively, and I think I tried to think outside the box. Um, and not a lot, not everybody does there. We have engineering minds. We have black and white thinkers. We have, you know, just very traditional thinkers and that's all of that is okay. And all of that is welcome. 
Um, and what I want to do in, and what I want to talk about today is just invite you, um, invite you to think outside of your space for a moment. Um, and everything I say today is, it's up to you to decide whether it's for you or not, and that's okay. Um, but let's, let's start with opening your spirit up to be teachable and to not know all the answers and to welcome the Holy Spirit who is very creative and very loving and full of grace into our space. Um, and so when, when I decided to, um, I gave myself permission to start looking at scripture in a different way. I even, I even threw away my, well, I didn't throw it away. I put away my old Bible with all my notes from like the last 15 years. And I started with a new Bible because, and with a new version. And I, I totally condone using many versions of the Bible because we get trapped in our minds what something means. And if the word is living, then it's always moving and it's always, it's very pliable. So it's not hard. Um, and so I started out with brand new Bible and I'm like, okay, God, Holy Spirit, I want you to teach me and use my imagination to see the scriptures in a new way, um, in a way that will give me life because I'm stuck. I don't even want to read it anymore, you know, and, um, but I wanted to read it. So I asked God to use my imagination and, um, I started to see, you know, we, we think of scripture as has a beginning and has an end and we read it in a very linear way and we section off pieces stories and we put them in boxes and so we have a lot of sections in our bible but what i started to see were patterns and very circular motions in the bible and that how so many things were interwoven and connected um, and i could begin to see it almost like a dance um, so over the over the um course of time I just began inviting more of God and more of my imagination in the scripture. And when I say imagination, I, I don't use my imagination as the truth. And I want to make that clear. Um, the truth is the living word. Jesus is truth. Um, the truth is very stable and it's very reliable and it's very concrete truth. But there is this, um, use of our imagination that can help us grasp concepts and realities that we cannot put together in our mind. So it's kind of like a, an ooey gooey oil or something that seeps in the cracks where we uh, can't make it human. You know, the scripture I think is very set apart and sometimes it's hard to see real life inside of it. Um, and so that's our imagination. We yeah, we interpret it through our own lens and through our own experiences. And so yeah. we're going to imagine it that way as well. Right, right. Um, so 
I just began to um, to let God do that. And you know, I read read a lot of books. I would read a lot of other people's writing about their interpretation or their knowledge of Scripture, um, because I don't know a lot of history. But I started to love the history because it filled in a lot of those gaps um, for that. So. Um, and again, everything I say today is an invitation just to into wonder and awe. I, I really We're here for it. <laughs> We're here for it. Okay. Bring it. <laughs> All right. This makes me nervous, you know, just thinking of new things. Anyway, I was so excited when I thought of these things. Um, okay. It started now this particular idea started a few years ago and it was a through conversation um, with a friend of mine and he brought up this idea of perichoresis. Now, I know that's a strange word. Um, maybe you've heard it before or not. It's Greek. Um, but we know it in English as the divine dance. Um, of course, that word got my attention because I am a dancer in my bones. I have been a dance since I was able to walk and um, that's just who I am. So, um, and, and so, Again, when it became repetitive, I heard this word again and again and again, I decided, well, maybe I should look into this. This is going on, so I'm gonna investigate. So I spent you know, a little bit of time noticing things. And it seems that everything that I come across is in this perichoresis, this dance, um, this cyclical motion. So in Greek, peri means around, and Korean means making room. So if you put perichoresis together, you have this image of going around and making room. So it's kind of like this dance, this motion. And if you want to look it up, Google perichoresis or the divine dance, um, you'll see some images and they're pretty cool. Um, and the images are connected and they're, they're together, but they're separate and they move as one. <clears throat> Um, and so I want to give you this idea that the Trinity, that God, the Father, Son, and Spirit are in a dance together. They're in a perichoresis, a relationship of movement uh, with one another, that they're always giving to each other and receiving from one another. Um, so if I could give you a picture of a ballroom dancing couple. So you've seen Dancing with the Stars or you've seen ballroom dancers and they are movement as one entity, but they're separate persons. Um, and the man showcases the grace and beauty of the female and the female is the object of his strength and leadership in the dance. Now, <clears throat> those um, qualities go back and forth. Strength and grace are often distributed between the two um, but they are always showing each other off and always benefiting from each other in their movement. And so it's this idea of one's oneness and movement together. Um, you can look up the scriptures in John 14, John 10, 30. Jesus talks about um, the Father and Him being one. They're one. Um, and uh, that, that Jesus doesn't do anything by, by Himself. He does it as the Father gives it to him. And he says the same as the Spirit, uh, for the Spirit in John 16, 13 and 15. The Spirit will come and um, speak truth, but not on his own authority. He is part of a 
community, part of a oneness with the Father and the Son. Um, so you can look those up on your own. <laughs> um, but the idea is that the Godhead is moving in relationship. And I dare to say that we um, can call this the image of God. Um, we don't have a picture image of God, but this can be an image of God being relationship that is always giving and moving. Um, that is so, so good. <laughs> so good. I love that. Oh, yeah, I, I love it. And, and the, the image, there's also these three words I, I came to the conclusion that these are also empirichoresis, these words, the image of God, the name of God, and the glory of God. These words are never without one another when they speak of God. They are synonymous, they are not separate. I believe the, the image, the name, and the glory of God are always together. Um, and so they are empirichoresis. They're dancing. Um, and so if we can invite those kind of ideas um, to lead us and, and stir wonder and mystery um, about who God is, then the next part of this is really exciting because we human beings were created and invited into perichoresis with God. And that's so exciting to me <laughs> um, because for so long I had this idea that, you know, God is up here and I'm down here and there's th this feeling of separation, even though I'm told that I'm, um, that I'm with, you know, I have to remain in him. And, you know, there's this strive, feels like there's a striving of trying to be with God and one with God. But when I see it as an invitation to join in, you have been created to join in this dance with me. Um, and the reason I think that is because they, he said to the other two, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. And so when we were created, we were created in the image of God, in the perichoresis of God, um, to be in relationship with him. And that changes everything for me, for, for my perspective as to live here, you know. Um, I'm not running after him all the time. I'm, I'm with him always right there. Yeah. Um, and so God created man in his image to be in relationship. Um, that relationship is the image of God and he also created us to be in relationship with all of creation. That was, it's, it's like a dance between heaven and earth. And so we have this relationship with God and this relationship with earth and we are in that. So it's this whole dance again, together, moving together. Um, and so carrying this idea this whole together connected dance. I want to move to a picture of Eden. 
And I don't want to limit Eden to just the garden in the beginning. And I don't want to limit it to a paradise um, where everything was perfectly perfect and now is gone. I, I want to consider that Eden is an overlap of heaven and earth because we're told that that's where God walked with us in the garden. God, heaven, walked with mankind in the garden. And it was where man was given freedom to co-create with God. And it was where community was established and called very good. And that was Eden. Eden was a perichoresis, a divine dance between heaven and earth. And that mankind got to share the image of God. We expanded the image of God, his, um, bearing his name and his glory here on the earth. If you don't believe me, just read through Genesis. Sit in that little <laughs> I believe you. And I, I really just am at loss for words because it's so beautiful. It's so exciting. It's like, it just makes you want to just soak in it. And I just am listening to everything that you're saying <laughs> and just celebrating it. it. It really is such a beautiful, happy place and an easy thing if we can believe it. Right. That's where we the belong. Hardest part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Letting go of all the other things that we've worked up in our minds or that we've learned and just settle into the presence of, of walking with God. It's just a huge, powerful thing. And then I think when we know that, when we can be settled in that and know that that's where we belong, then we can kind of know what we were born to do. It brings purpose, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great place to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, and when I, when God gave us in the garden, you know, I say that the image, glory, and name are all synonymous. I dare to imagine that the glory of God that, that we wore in the garden was his name. Um, because it means we're connected to something. A name means you're connected, that you identify, uh, you identify with this thing to the world. And so we identified with God bearing his name and his glory in the garden. If you think of family names or cultural names or tribal names, you, you understand what I mean is that name connects you. And man bore the name of God and reflected his glory. But we also know in Genesis um, that through the influence of Satan, we chose another way. We chose to identify ourselves with ourselves, you know. Um, we chose independence from God and it left us naked. It left us alone and without identity. And so the glory of God was removed. We lost it. And that's why we knew we were naked. And it suppressed the image of God. So man and woman could no longer even see God in each other. Um, and we moved outside of the perichoresis and we lost Eden, we lost our connection, our overlap of heaven and earth. And because of this, mankind has strived hard to make a name and an image for ourselves. All through history, 
we've tried to create our own glory, starting with fig leaves, moving on to towers and riches and empire. And we still do it today. We are constantly trying to make a name for ourselves, trying to create our own glory apart from God. And sometimes even in the name of God, we do it. <laughs> um, we've lost sight of who we are and we've lost sight of who one another is and the community of God that he called very good. And we see that so much right now in the world. But God has not given up on us. Throughout history, we can look over and over and over in the scriptures and in other writings, we can see that God has been trying to get us to a place where heaven and earth can come back together, that he is restoring his name to us and his image and his glory. And it started in Jesus. He is the Messiah of our humanity. And he has invited us back into the dance of divine love. And in that dance, we find ourselves, like you said earlier, we find who we are and we can settle in to uh, being invited into this movement with God. We find ourselves in it. Um, I imagine that in the beginning that humans walked uh, in the garden with God getting to know his heart and what he wanted. They understood his rhythms and his intentions for creation. Um, I imagine that humanity designed so many things in the beginning. They organized, they created beautiful things that has been lost to us now. Um, and why is that so important to think about and not and to just let our imagination run wild with all that. And I, I believe it's because when we uh, know God's intention and freedom for us to create in the beginning, it will give us permission to live and move and have our being now, uh, to create according to our instincts. And as we walk in the garden with the Father and learn who he is and what he's all about, what his intentions for creation are, then we begin to create out of the image of God inside of us. And I think that's why it's so important to listen to our inside, you know, know who we are, not try to be like somebody else, but to, to really settle into stillness, to know who we are and let the image of God in us create and move and have our being. Um, inviting heaven to earth and creating peace and righteousness and order um, like a new Eden. <laughs> um, so another thing I'd written in my notebook years ago, probably two years ago, was this phrase and it would not leave me alone. And so I wrote it down and left it and let it kind of work itself out in me and this is the phrase he brought together the hearts of men to bring the eden back to the city and i let that roll around and do what it needed to do and i began to imagine what eden would look like here in our city and what i imagine is a community of giving generous people 
that are living together and working together, creating and building and growing and being God's image in our desperate and disintegrating world. God is inviting us again into his perichoresis. I think it's a daily invitation. And his intention is that we move toward and give to him and each other. And in that, all of our needs are met. You know, in an Eden, we don't have to strive to just get for ourselves and only look out for ourselves. There's no need for selfishness. There's no need for greed because as we give, we are given to. In our giving, other people's giving meets our needs. And so there's this constant dance. This constant uh, to dance. like you recognize God in you, in yourself, and you honor and see the beauty of God in someone else. And so there, it kind of takes away this comparison because you have the full confidence of being included and being invited. Yeah. And you can just appreciate you know, your sister. Hmm. That's, Isn't that beautiful? Oh, let's oh. do it. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's my Eden. I don't know about y'all, but I want it. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to create it, sister. <laughs> yes, we are. We're working on it. Yeah. So it, it, it's in our power. It's in the power of mankind to be the place where he, heaven enters earth. And it started with Jesus. The catalyst was Jesus. But what is the purpose of that? Um, I think for, for a long time, the church, and I say this reverently, <laughs> but the church has seen it as a, you know, a means to conquer or to say, hey, we win, we're the winners, y'all are the losers, and, and that is the wrong attitude. I think that heaven meets earth um, is a place to um, restore, restore creation um, and, and the beauty of it and appreciate the beauty in people that are not like us. Um, Earth longs, earth groans for the sins of glory to be revealed. And it is not happening in wars and violence and um, power one over another. Um, Jesus, Jesus is the example of what heaven on earth looks like. And... Um, and I had to get in my mind this idea that heaven is not this space up in the clouds where angels surround the saints or whatever. And if, if, if people hold to that, that's okay. But for me, it's, it's more of a dimension where God resides. God resides in heaven. It's invisible and it's all around us. And it's, Heaven is God's way of doing things, period. His operations and um, his dimension. And when man decided we were going to do things our way, heaven, in a sense, was removed. Um, and with that, we lost, 
we lost sight, we lost understanding, and we lost certain abilities. And I think that God is moving in us in that place where he's restoring all of those things. He's restoring heaven to us through Christ. Um, One of my favorite things um, I've learned was when he says, I'll prepare a place for you. And just this idea of that being prepared within me, that place, that place is the Holy Spirit residing in me. Um, and it really shifted my thinking, you know, that that is here and now. It's not in the future. It's not unattainable or out of reach, but it's for right now. You know? You don't have to wait. Right. No, he wants, he wants the dance today, you know, and he is inviting. And I think we each have a unique invitation in our spirit that if we have the space in our life to, you know, hear it and pursue it, we will feel more like ourselves than we've ever known before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can attest to that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Oh, <laughs> What's happening? It's heaven on earth. That's what. <laughs> oh, man. So another question I asked. This is a really cool one. Um, in my notebook was, do heaven and earth fight for each other? And I immediately, this is even the cooler part, I immediately saw that in, in my head, my imagination, that heaven was strengthening the sons and daughters of glory to be revealed. And I think that's kind of what's been happening with us is that heaven is revealing us to ourselves and then to the people around us that that heaven is working hard to reveal who we are when we put ourselves in the space of heaven and then we in turn create and and move in a way that uh, reveals heaven to earth in our space and time we can take heavenly invisible things and create and reveal heaven on earth and so there's this dance again heaven revealing us and us revealing heaven back and forth um and that's really exciting exciting. (laughs) to think about that we what we get to do that you know um and so it's it's like with all this information where do we go what do we do with it and so i think that we have a responsibility as um, being invited into this dance and being the sons and daughters of the living God. We have this responsibility to co-create an Eden here on the earth and to be a place where earth and heaven meet together. Um, And so I wanna challenge us all to imagine what our Eden looks like. Um, And we can start with our home but I don't want us to sit, to stay there in our home. You know, we create our Edens in our home, but we're afraid to branch out. And what I would challenge us to do is what does Eden look like in our city? What does Eden look like in our church even? Because I can almost guarantee that most of us could say that it doesn't. So when you say that, you mean what does 
heaven look like in our city? What does God through me look like in my city? Right. Right. Like being accessible as a tool. Mm -hmm. But it's just whatever it is for you. You don't have to feel like it's this big thing. It's being your own Eden, right? Yes. If, If you have a heart for people to never feel like they go unnoticed then that's your that's your part of of saying speaking to people who feel invisible or saying words of healing to those who look like they're hurting um to to you know to listen to those little quiet intuitions in your brain that that little uh, that it's kind of like this little string that's pulling you that you go, oh, I'd like to go now. And you talk yourself out of it. Okay. Well, that's yeah. the function of the spirit saying, here, do this, create this space. Um, and it's usually has to involve other people, which makes it scary for us. Um, but if we can find courage and step out of those, it doesn't have to be a big event or it doesn't have to be a big thing where everybody is aware of what you're doing. It can be the most silent, simple ways, you know, taking food to shut-ins or, you know, things that are on your heart, who make you, you, things that bother you, um, begin there. Um, I feel very confident in saying that, um, that at the cross, the relationship between God and man was reconciled. But it did not reconcile the relationship between man and man because that's our part to play in the restoration of all things is now that we have been reconciled to God who reveals us, then we are responsible to reconcile man to man. And um, that's kind of heavy sometimes. <laughs> uh, I do think like we we should be praying that we see God in others mm-hmm. and speaking it, like speaking it out and calling it out and inviting those qualities of that person mm-hmm. to be bold, you know? And I think the more honest we are with ourselves, the more we see ourselves in other people, which gives us a little more patience or a little more compassion. Um, what has this looked like for you? Like, how has it changed you in just your everyday? Um, I've become more um, ready to listen to the unctions inside me. Like if I, if I feel a need to speak to someone or to lay on the floor on my face, whatever, (laughs) um, I do it. Um, in a practical everyday, I mean, uh, those are the small things. Um, in the big, in the big way, um, I've been able to make really brave decisions and life changes that um, 
my heart is to sow life into people's lives. And um, I do that with words and poetry and things like that. And I'm just, I feel like I'm just getting an understanding of what that really means and how it looks in the world, um, play with different ideas. Um, but I know it's not, it's just, it's just the first steps. There's more to come and I don't know what that is, but I know it's on my heart and I know, um, what I want for the world. And so listening to the way God made me, um, and letting him live in that way. So if it's writing poetry or creating frames or, um, cards to pass out to people or books. I don't know, you know, it's, it's all of that, but it's me listening to how I'm created and how I see the world and trust myself enough to share it and um, do my part to spread life. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing and beautiful and your work is Gorgeous. I'm so excited for you. So do you want to tell everyone where they can find you and where they can see your work? Okay. Um, I have some, I make um, visual art in frames. It's pretty slim, simple. Um, and I've picked um, an assortment of six poems or phrases that I want to share right now. And so I'm going to, um, I sell them on my Instagram, uh, TCAT Bauer. And, um, I, somebody's helping me get a website together. So eventually that will be, um, TeresaBauer.com. It's not ready yet, but, and then I have, um, cards also. And for right now I have things at Figs pharmacy downtown Anderson and I think I'm expanding in other stores but I can't say who when where what yet <laughs> and and I'm about to close up on a book a poetry book that um, I've been working on and it's just snippets of a year of my un, un, of unraveling and finding beauty um, it's just I took a year's worth of poems and put them in a book just to get it out there and say I can do it um, and so hopefully it'll be in my hands in the spring of 2021 okay that's it's really weird to say <laughs> I'm uh, so excited I cannot wait to hear it and read it and have it and touch it it's exciting and I'm so proud of you it's just you. inspiring to all of us to see the hard and the good too, just as you've, as you've grown and as you've walked and as you've gotten brave and tried hard things, it's, people are watching and it matters, but it mostly invites us to do the same. And so keep, keep doing it because we all, we all need it and we need people in our lives that are inclusive and inviting us to, to the dance. So you do that very beautifully. Thank you. It's my heart. I hope that what I do can give other people permission to do it because it's life-giving, really is life-giving. 
So, well, thank you, Teresa. I appreciate you sharing. It's absolutely gorgeous. And I think that we all are going to really walk away from this feeling much more invited into God's presence. Well, thank you, Riley. I love watching you grow as well. I feel like we've grown up together. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs>